welcome to the Nerd Party. husband and co-host Philip Gilfus. Well, darling, what are we talking about today? I assume we're talking about the fact that we don't leave our house anymore. Uh, if only that were true. Oh, that, that's not what we're going to talk about or that we don't, we do actually. It's difficult to tell sometimes. Well, we took a break for our 100th episode. Yes. Uh, to kind of go big picture, but we thought we'd catch up. It's been Several weeks and maybe even a couple months, maybe, uh, since Series 12 ended. <laughs> Time, man. Yep. It just all blends in together. Might have just been two days ago. I, I don't know, know anymore. <laughs> Timey-wimey. But we thought we'd talk about the Series 12 overview, and who better to join us but a uh, 13th Doctor expert, and that is Charlene Schmidt. Charlene, welcome back. Yay! Hello! For the record, I am not by any means an expert. I'm a first timer <laughs> watching Doctor Who. I'm your expert first timer. I just want to make that clear for your audience. <laughs> well, you know, only Thirteenth Doctor, of course. You watch the ninth and a little bit of the tenth as well. So, yes, I'm working on it. I need to actually get into more quarantine watching. Mm. Uh, surprisingly, I've watched very little TV in this whole ordeal. However, the this latest season that we're going to review today feels like it aired years ago, even though it was only a couple of months. I'm telling you. Time, timey-wimey and quarantine timey-wimey, it's, it's bad. Oh, man. Tell you what, it, it really has changed a lot of things. This just feels lifetimes ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe 13 lifetimes ago. Or more, apparently. Yeah. Uh, uh, right? we got to talk about this. Yes. <laughs> and then just one... I have so many questions. <laughs> we do not have answers, <laughs> just so you know. Okay. That's fine. And then one thing about this whole quarantine, you know, silver lining, blah, blah, blah. But for those who know, and I've talked about this last time, is that the Doctor Who watch-alongs, shepherded by Emily Cook of uh, Doctor Who uh, Monthly, continue to go on. You know, she'll get an episode, and then she'll get one of the showrunners, or she'll get the directors, she'll get the stars to live tweet, and it's all very cool. And uh, they've had probably like three or four since I've last, you know, done it. Ah. Um, But it also gets some semi-new Doctor Who content. So, Chris Chibnall penned a little short story about the 13th Doctor falling, what was going through her head before she crashed into the train in the first episode of Series 11, you know, after regenerating from the 12th Doctor. RTD, uh, Russell uh, T. Davies, wrote a sequel to Rose, uh, the first episode, a short story again. And then, this was, I think, interesting because it's actually a, a kind of a crossover. Stephen Moffat wrote a 13th Doctor short story. Ooh! Ooh! So, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I got some catching up to do. This sounds great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if they're, they're either on Twitter because um, both all the all the three gentlemen. Well, I don't think Chris is on Twitter. Maybe he is. I doubt he is. Chibnall. Um, but both Russell and Stephen were not on Twitter. Which I think if you watch Doctor Who enough, you always get there's lots of Twitter jokes, uh, usually put downs. But they joined just for this rewatch stuff, and they've actually been producing this content and on their Instagrams too. So you can find them on both those locations. 
Um, so it's been very interesting. And uh, we listened to Jacob. That's his last name. But anyway, a read or act, I suppose I should say. Um, the oh, yes. uh, Russell T. Davies Rose sequel. He's a, a, a big Finnish voice actor. Um, actually, he started doing YouTube uh, imitations of the doctors. He's very young. He's, you know, he's 20s. But now he's been hired by Big Finish. He does 11th. Mm. He does the 10th Doctor audio um, and other stuff as wow. well. And, and he's very good. Yeah. It, it, it's witchcraft is what it is. <laughs> it is witchcraft. He steals their souls, gets wow. a little bit of wormwood, um, certain, <laughs> and off he goes. Yeah, it's, it's shocking. For someone as young as he is to be that talented... At such a bizarre thing. Like, I don't know how you figure out you can do that. I don't I don't know how that skill manifests itself of, hey, I can imitate anybody. I am a mockingbird. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds genius to me, honestly. I have no idea how you do such a thing either. So hmm. that's a gift. Yeah. And then for our Inside the TARDIS library, we're going to talk about the latest Clever Dick Films re- release on YouTube. Speaking of YouTube. Yay. And that is his part uh, 10 of his Doctor Who review covering the Eccleston era of Doctor Who. Yay. So, but let's go to series 12. And there's a lot to talk about, but I thought, you know, we're going to kind of do some rough episode talk and everything like that. But I thought we'd just maybe concentrate on the arcs for a second. Um, okay. And, and I, th- I, I thought of two of them, and maybe you all have some different suggestions. But the two arcs, such as they were, I thought was the Master and the Destruction of Gallifrey. And, I mean, we can talk Timeless Child, but that kind of ish-ish arc, arcish. Yeah, and I I sort of feel like the Master and the Destruction of Gallifrey come in together Mm -hmm. with the Timeless Child. Mm -hmm. So they're almost one Mm arc-ish. So Yes. So, sure, I, um, you know, again, not being colored by previous Doctor Who, but certainly you've obviously seen lots of pop culture TV. You know, that first series um, was arcless for the most part, episodic, I suppose, as we say. This one uh-huh. tried to increase the serialization more. But anyway, what would you kind of think of this more, slightly more, serialization <laughs> of this series? <laughs> you know what? I thought the whole thing was a little lopsided. I think they had some really good ideas. Maybe they weren't executed the best, or maybe some things were out of place. But the good stuff was really good, and the stuff that just wasn't making it was just like, guys, Mm. what are you doing? Yes. (laughs) So uh, I have feelings and thoughts on this season as a whole. I'm sure we're going to get into all of that. So, I mean... Trying some arcs is great, but I'm not sure how good of a job they did at it. Yeah, and what did you think? I mean, this is more of character than arc, but you know, to the to the sense that they uh, combine. What did you think of uh, Sasha's master? Yeah, I don't really know exactly what to make of that whole thing just yet. I was hoping you could like. Is there more context that I'm missing or something? I was going to say I... you've not seen Any the master, master at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, I don't know who this is, so. I'm I, I'm a blank slate. You can fill me with all sorts of misinformation, and I wouldn't even know. Well, what would you just think of point? that? I mean, I guess, and I mean, I don't want to color. You correct me if this is how, because I mean, the the broad stroke is one of the doctors' biggest villains, a fellow time lord, grew up together, etc. But I think even uh-huh. before you give uh-huh. much more context, this is an important 
questioned I asked uh-huh. because Char, as a new watcher, right. which last season was supposed to be the big thing, we're doing episodic, we're not bringing in a bunch of allusions to other doctors so that new people can get involved. And so then when the doctor yeah. is chucked at you like he is, what are those impressions? The master. The master, sorry. Yeah. When the master is chucked at you, what are those impressions? And what are your thoughts about it? Before Philip gives you the 20-page diatribe. (laughs) Uh, The general impression I got was Gaslighter Supreme. Mm -hmm. Just, yeah, don't like him very much at all. Just basically wants to ruin everything. Kind of your typical villain in that sense. And without past information, I feel like... Does this character have more depth that I don't understand at this point? Because otherwise, this is just yet another two-dimensional villain to me. Mm. And 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 I guess that's what's interesting about your perspective on this. And what what are your opinions on his relationship with the Doctor at this point? Uh, it strikes me that they do go way back. They have a history. They know each other. Uh, just, you know, even you, you look at a photo of Jodie Whittaker <laughs> looking at the master and you can just see fear a little bit, like trying to underlie, like she's trying to tamp it down, but it's there. And so that says a lot in just a photo, and which is great. I feel like Jodie did a great job this mm. season, by the way. Um, but yeah, as far as that whole thing goes... I don't know how far it goes back. I don't know what has happened. I do not know how these two have interacted in the past, but all signs point to not good. <laughs> yeah, reasonable. Well, and we'll, we'll uh, for purposes of spoilery, uh, we'll stick to classic Who for a moment. Based on, okay. based on Char. Oh, yeah, for Char's spoilers. Yeah, but because based okay, on your fire. response, that's often your response, Jessica, about the Master. Yes, in we, we, classic Who, yeah. very much, yeah. Just oh, so this goes way, way, way back. Oh yeah, yeah. We're on. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, uh, we're because we're doing a third Doctor watch, and that's when the the first Master appears is during the third Doctor era, John Pertwee. Okay. So in the seventies. So um, yeah, that's there's actually a lot of um, uh, what's his name, Roger Delgado. I think that's his name. Mm, the actor sounds right. Uh, master like a lot, <laughs> um, but but you know he's it's a very good performance, but sometimes I just overuse him. He's um, also proper classic villain appearance as well. So yeah, I mean, you know, he he has the goatee. He literally has yeah. the evil he, goatee. He twirls and yeah. Oh wow! Yeah, he might as well yeah twirl the mustache. Indeed, yeah. Okay, so this goes way way back, and okay, I did not know that. That's really interesting. So for a new viewer to me, seeing the master only in this context just feels like a another watered-down villain, which this season had a lot of, so I wasn't overly impressed. Mm. And yet, this was probably the best showing of a villain all season. <laughs> yes. Backhanded pride. So, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and even, you know, again, keeping it as spoiler-free as possible, this master raises a lot of questions for those of us who have watched that's true. the that's master. True. And seen okay. all the way through sort of this evolution... Because as much as we, you know, and I know, you know, you're still starting out, but, you know, as much as we would often ask you, do you think these doctors go together? So 9, 10, and 13, do these masters go together? Because in the Classic mm-hmm. Who era, 
I mean, it gets technical, but broadly speaking, there are two masters in Classic Who. I mean, there's actually, like, four. But, I mean, I'm not counting a one-off appearance in a serial, because there's, like, the burned crispy master and the uh, deadly assassin. and then there's, and, But anyway, uh, there's basically uh, who we said, Roger Duplicott, who's all of Third Doctor era. Like, all of Third Doctor era. And then you have, um, I always get his name wrong, but Ansley? Ansley? Anyway, um, he goes from fourth to eighth. <laughs> he is the master. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so, and, but again, it's it's basically kind of like um, this master, and not in a bad way, but over the top, villainy, muhahaha, you know, that's, okay. I mean, you're not necessarily missing anything as far as... <laughs> Is he also very two-dimensional in that sense and just, I'm such a villain, I'm going to show you how much of a villain I am. Yes, and he becomes, I think the the doctor or the master becomes more three-dimensional throughout New Who, increasingly three-dimensional, and then we've sort of taken a step, as much as I think this master is brilliant at what he does, for the most part, it's a little bit of a step back in terms of dimension. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And there's okay, no so explanation for that. Okay. Uh, when does the master show up in New Who? When can I expect I mean, that? I don't he tell shows you. up during <laughs> He shows up during the David Tennant yeah, era. I guess we can say that. Okay. That, that, that's vague enough. That's yeah. good. That's good. Because I do want to, uh, now that we have watched this season, I do want to get back to the David Tennant mm-hmm. era. Yeah, you will see you will see the master then. Yeah, and that okay. particular master, I think you'll enjoy mm-hmm. because the actor is very, very good. Both of them. Okay. But I guess one thing that that stuck with me throughout, you know, the first episode and the, and the the last one, I suppose, with the master at least, and the destruction of Gallifrey, who, you know, because one thing after Spyfall, where the master says, "Oh, I destroyed Gallifrey." At the end, and I don't know how you thought about it, Shark, because I know you didn't know the character necessarily, but, I mean, whatever. But, as you said, gaslighting, I didn't believe him. And at the end, in the last two-part, you know, in the, in the finale two-parter, it's like, no, no, that's, he just killed everyone, threw some bodies in the freezer, jobs are done. I mean, that's, I was like, oh, so it, it, he was telling the truth. Then. Okay. Although I'm right? still like, hoping there's more to it. There's more. There, and, and, I, and I also didn't get, as you said, the two-dimensionality, I didn't get his motivation because, and I don't know, maybe I just need to let this go, blowing up, killing everyone, like literally killing billions of people and destroying everything seems like a lot of work. He doesn't explain how he does it. I mean, he just pressed a button. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. Explosion. Um, and it's kind of grisly that he kept bodies. I mean, like, it's actually really grisly. But that, that, that oh... It's a secret, and the secret was that the doctor's an alien, and um, and and I mean that's that's the his, doctor's patient X, and, and that's that's we the reason that. why that's and, not an explanation. Yeah. yeah, I was not sure what to think about this whole thing for a long time. I did not know what to believe and who to believe, mm. and I, yeah, as far as motivation goes, what I got was this has been a long, ongoing battle, and. Now the master just really wants to finish off the doctor once and for all. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. But is it? Uh, yeah. And and I guess that's there are just so many not things that don't line up. Things that just don't line up. And I can't believe for a second that Chris Chibnall just destroyed Gallifrey. Right? 
I, I, but then I we've had this whole season, it. it seems like, where the doctor uh, giving me flashbacks to the ninth doctor uh, because of how he was so traumatized from the war. Mm-hmm. This doctor is mourning the loss of with these visions of a burned up Gallifrey. She's tortured by it the whole season with not a whole lot of reason. Just her companion saying, what up, mate? <laughs> That was good. What's the matter with that you? That was really good. What's the matter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then and I guess that is part of the, the arc, you know, with the destruction of Gallifrey is, you know, the result that it has on the Doctor, which just seems to be her moody. And I mean, I don't, I mean, that sounds like I'm, yeah. I'm being glib. But I mean, like you said, Jodie does a good job, but sort of in those moments, and it's not her fault, the, the, the writing is just like, the Doctor is moody and silent, and the friends are like, can you tell us more? And she's like, nothing's going on you know and that's that's not a right yeah she's trying too hard to put on a a good show i guess for them but why what is she trying to protect them from at this point they've already got a season under their belt let's go yeah they're either with her or they're not and they're they're showing up for her every time and so i don't understand why she's holding back no i don't either and on the other side of the equation i think you said this once jessica if i'm correct that you were kind if it's of, smart i probably did that you thought at least one or some of them should feel very betrayed yes absolutely because mm. they have yeah they have given her everything they have invited her into their homes they have seen she has seen them at their worst and or that's what she yeah. gives them back you know it just it, and there's no justification for it. I mean, this doctor up to this point has been incredibly open. Has been, right. you guys That's are not difference. companions, you're family. It's a flat structure. You're my fam. Yeah, it's a flat structure. Yeah. And How many times this season did she say the word fam? Not that many. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. then at the, sort of the, and I'm not saying it's not justified, but three-fourths of the way through the series, and it's suddenly like, it's not a flat structure. I'm at the top. That's the way it's always going to be. You just need to do what I say. And it's like, and I'm not saying you can't take the doctor in a direction, but it, it's you have to also then have the reaction from the other companions to react to that. And they're just more like, okay, we'll do whatever you say. Yeah. And I'm like, and you also have to yeah. justify that for her to go from that place to that place. You can't. I agree. If she had a really good reason that we as an audience understood, mm. at the very least, yes, even I think if we'd be they much more didn't. likely to go with it. Yep. But we went from fam to dictator. Yeah. And I'm not going to tell you why. <laughs> yeah. And I just, if I were a companion, I'd just basically say, screw you. Well, apparently two of them are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let's talk about companions before we sort of get more episodes, just because. You know, last series, and now, you know, I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth, but last series obviously was very Ryan and Graham-centric as far as giving them an arc or a story or a journey, mm. all those things. Grandpa. Uh-huh. And uh, we were all always like, yes, yeah, you know what, series 12 is just going to be nothing but yes, guys. Yes-centric <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that was so cute. <laughs> Back when we were summer children. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, if only. Yeah. So, we got a little bit, but I don't know about you guys. I didn't get enough no, from the companions this season at, at all. all. Again, they kept bringing in, and it wasn't just like one guest star to join the already full TARDIS. It was right. six 
new guest stars and so no. the companions completely <laughs> yeah. by the wayside and and there were some really lovely snippets i mean the the bit we get on yaz with the friend who died oh yes maybe? the can you hear me yeah i mean but yeah no that was really good i, I loved that I, that's probably my favorite yaz bit of the whole yes, season and i'm like and the police officer who who is there for her and that's why she becomes a police officer and that right tiny we need snippet, that and that's it that's all we get and we don't even get good explanation like I wanted to know what happened, and I thought, oh, we didn't find out in this episode. We'll find out later. Nope. Yeah, sure. Nope. No, that was a lot of <laughs> what was wrong with this season was it, it had some great ideas like mm-hmm. this and did not follow yes, through. all the way through the season. Yeah. Yeah, so I kept thinking, too, hey, we're going to get an explanation later because they are going for more ARC stuff, and then, nope. Yep. Yep. Oh, there's a new doctor that none of us know anything about. We're going to okay, get yeah, more explanation on this. I'm sure. <laughs> okay. No, no, not really. Oh, my God. Okay. I, I know we're all over the place right now, but can I just say that that blew my freaking mind, and especially even more so when we just went through that episode where they introduce her and go straight back to more episodic stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't shift gears that fast. No. Yeah, we go from Fugitive of, of the Jadoon, where the Ruth Doctor, though as I call her, Dr. Ruth, was introduced. Doctor, yes. Um, <laughs> and then we go into Praxius, and that's the one where it's just the too much plastic and that's bad. Oh, yeah. And nothing is discussed, as you said. Yeah, there's not even a mention of it. No. So it's like, okay, guys, you had a brilliant idea here, and you're not going to do anything anything with it right a away are you idea. kidding me and and no, the no, fandom no. is going crazy you know not only is it another yeah. woman doctor but it's an african-american doctor well, this is amazing uh, African, but it's another uh, doctor yeah. <laughs> that should not be yeah all of these things yes. and and then okay we're done now with this and, and then just yeah we will the fact never that they talk so about blatantly ignored <laughs> oh i was i i thought after watching that episode, oh my god, okay, this show just really took a turn, mm. and it's going to get so good. I think on Slack, Philip yeah. and I, uh, we were messaging each other through each of the episodes, and I think I said as much. And then the following week, I'm just like, what did I just watch? It felt like they'd filmed that uh, <laughs> episode, Praxius, yep. or not Praxius, Can You Hear Me, before they did Praxius, mm. but aired it after, and I'm just like, guys, this is a serious misstep. How dare you? <laughs> Yeah, very much so. Well, well, Char, don't you know it was all explained by the um, by the, the the young man's story in the the final two parter of of growing up and joining? Uh, yeah. Didn't you completely understand on. all that? I didn't. Uh, Waiting that long was sure. painful, and it really, I don't know, as a member of the audience, that hurt. You don't leave a thread that big hanging for the rest of the season because it's really hard to appreciate the episodes in between. Mm-hmm. And also the 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 guy's story, it was so unfulfilling. I'm still, I don't understand. Was it metaphor? Was it, was the I'm guy, sure. was the guy <laughs> I know, I feel like, like uh, Picard with Darmok, it's metaphor! The, the baby was a metaphor? <laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it, I thought it was going someplace, and then just, I don't know, the payoff was not 
what I thought or I guess wanted it to be. It wasn't enough. Because no. even as a, no. a metaphor for telling a timeless child story, they tell us the timeless child story. Literally, the master as turns well. to us. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to tell you a story yeah. about the timeless child instead of, you know, dramatizing it. I don't know. It took a lot of time for it to go anywhere. And it just was a lot of buildup. But for what? Yeah. I was really confused for a long time. And I thought that guy was going to be the lone Cyberman. I thought the the ba- the abandoned baby old-timey guy was going to be the lone star the yeah. Cyberman and then that was going to explain how he ended up being the lone Cyberman. None of that happened. No, it's just a lone Cyberman. No. He's by himself, by- alone, <laughs> and he's a Cyberman. Yeah. Half Cyberman. He's and like the really... Phantom of the Opera meets Lone Ranger. There you go. Uh- but bad guy. But that's a good wait, analogy. Phantom's a good guy. Ah, he's Man, an anti-hero. Okay, I'm not right, sure the right. lone Cyberman. He, he's the the lone bad. Cyberman could have been an anti-hero. That's true. But they didn't do anything with it. Well, so. he also had magic destroy universe inside him. True. Yes. <laughs> that was fun. Right. Thank God for Byron, as everyone always says in <laughs> English class. <laughs> We've got to get you up to date on your your Brit lit, baby. Um, so, like I said, we don't have to go by you know, but you know, let's just go episode here and just high points. So, Spyfall, obviously a high point, <laughs> but anyway, so just, yeah, that was a great start, strong start, strong start. It was got all our that hopes. Was a fun up. romp. Yeah, you know, introduces the mystery. You have you know the master you know, the revelation. You have. The destruction of Gallifrey at the end that sets the tone for the rest of the series. Some lovely classic timey-wimey, the Doctor ends up going back in time to teach uh, Ryan how to land an airplane without the front half of it or <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and it's great splitting the party where you have all the companions on their own story. Um, you know, yeah. you have Yaz and Ryan doing detective work, and you get some, you know, not necessarily, char- well, characterization, you learn a little bit more. Um, but even the three, and their own journey with the Doctor and stuck in the past with these great historic women that you learn mm-hmm. more about. And it's all this stuff, and it's great, da 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 And so, like, that sets the tone, and that brings us to Orphan 55. Uh yeah, that was a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? Right. This was obviously the uh, episode they had to neglect because they put so much into Spyfall. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know Which, how that I explains mean, I'm willing some to of the other episodes. So. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Like, I was willing to let this one go, thinking, okay, every season's got a weak point. They obviously could not give this episode the attention it deserved. Fine. Moving on. And then I, I pretty much forgot what this whole episode was about. Uh, it was Earth all along. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember was, now it because Planet I remember. <laughs> it, it, it was Planet of the Apes. Yes. No, no. It's a possible Planet of the Apes. Yes. Right, right. But again, just really kind of half-wit aliens of the week that, uh, okay, also forgettable, doesn't matter. Five guest stars, possibly six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. The guest star orgies need to stop. Mm-hmm. It's too much, man. Too, I want to focus much. on the companions. Yeah. Let's get to know them, can't we? No. 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 Apparently not. We're not allowed to. If, no, I, I, for as many strides as a season made, it needs so many more. Yeah. Now, now, I don't know if all listeners know, of course, that, Char, you are an expert in something, and that would be Star Trek Voyager. Is this the candy <laughs> corn costume episode of Doctor Who? <laughs> it might be. It might be. Yeah, it's not quite on threshold levels, right. It's but Time it's got again? some that, campy, mediocre goodness going for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So it's following the Star Trek Voyager caretaker uh, pilot, and then you have Candy. And then, yeah, then you got Orphan 55. That's yeah. a very good analogy to make. Yeah. I'm on board. <laughs> it is a very niche analogy. <laughs> Just say It is. It is. <laughs> as, as the one of us who's going, I don't know. Sorry, Jessica. <laughs> it's fine. So then we go... It, you know, because if you're an extremist, you're like either great episode or terrible episode. And I think maybe, yeah. depending on your categorizations, you can do that. This one is kind of a middle episode. And so I almost want to like it because, you know, given the choices, I want to give it credit. But that would be Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror. I thought this one was all right. Yeah, all right. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> For kind of a standalone episode, it goes into historical timey-wimey things and all the uh, the trashing rivalry between Tesla and Edison it was fun. Right. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And potentially in a way that Rosa did and the um, demons of uh, Punjab, Punjab mm-hmm. introduces people who are not at all familiar with Tesla. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm going to pick on this episode again, because it's, it's generic Doctor Who. And I, that's a, I say it in a good way. Generic Doctor Who's good. Um, but generic Doctor Who. But the ending, because you have sort of, and I forget who the Doctor, you know, is sort of having her, uh, you know, we learned a lot of things in this episode uh, moment. where. Um, oh, I want to talk about this. Oh, go ahead. Because <laughs> well, it's sort of like, <laughs> hey, we had this great adventure with Tesla. I bet things turned out great for him. She's like, no, not really. Not really. Not at all. Um, no. Not even in a good Van Gogh sort of way. No. Not. Yeah, no. No. Not. It's just sort of, she doesn't understand. No, no, you'll, you'll understand the Van Gogh reference. But, but you know, it, it's just sort of like, uh, well, because, I mean, look. I mean, you understand the ref. There's an episode of Doctor Who with Van Gogh, who you know, as we, you know, killed himself, but obviously has this great uh, legacy. Tesla, I felt like they were kind of, sh- and now, like I'm not a science person, so maybe I don't know, but I felt like they were trying to shoehorn a Tesla legacy. I'm not saying he did do try to do good things, <laughs> but to say like, oh, this world is because of Tesla. I'm like, ah, well, I mean, he kind of failed to. But anyway, I don't yeah. Know. What yeah. do you What do you got, Char? Are you saying maybe they're trying to give him more credit than he well, deserves? Well, it's, it's just an odd no, ending. No, I don't think at all they're trying to give it because I think Tesla deserves a whole lot of credit. Recognition, for stuff, yeah. But he doesn't get any of it. You know, Einstein, mm. uh, not Einstein, Edison completely steals all his stuff and gives us weird stuff that's not useful and. Um, and people are just now beginning to recognize Tesla's genius. I was just going to say that. Stole the words out of my <laughs> mouth. It's really not been till the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years mm. or so that I actually learned about the guy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And again, his ideas were way better than Edison. And, and perhaps what we needed at the end of this was the idea that the victors write the history. Yeah. I think that's a big takeaway we can get from it. But we didn't. Yeah, they could, don't could, give us. Like, that's why I said it's kind of a, a depressing ending. It's like, yeah, he was great. Oh well, moving on. You know, too bad. Uh, yeah, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everything he did, you know, he he failed penniless. I forget his actual ending, but you know, he he died and no one knowing him, and mm. that's that's it. And today we don't really know him anyway. Um, but uh, you know, I, but that's... also wasn't he great on ER? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. So okay. One thing sure. that you mentioned earlier got, made me think about something that the, the story structure does throughout this season that I guess bothered me more than I realized because the more I think about it, the more grating it is. But especially when they're trying to do things on, oh, I don't know, like just social issues and whatnot, 
they kind of take to the 1980s um, superhero cartoon format, <laughs> which is where they have the adventure. And at the end, it's like, so guess what, kids? Here's what we learned mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And they got to get kind of preachy about it, mm-hmm. uh, especially the one with the plastics. Yes. Just like, look, yes. I am on board with your message. I get what you're trying to say, and I don't disagree with it. But the way you're going about it is not going to win anybody over. Yeah. Yeah. You want at the end of each episode to end with the tune, da 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 da. Seriously, that's darn near what it, sh- it could have been. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, just, I don't know. I, I appreciate what they're trying to do with bringing out issues and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it lacks the eloquence that other episodes have done this with, even in the 13th Doctor era, like Rosa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Th- yes. There was no, and, and I don't know, maybe it's, it's bad to compare. Subtlety. But there, there was no subtlety. No subtlety. And look, I get it. This is supposed to be a kid's program to some extent. And in some ways, maybe you do need to be direct so that the message comes across to anybody. But... I don't know. I still feel like there's ways that you can get that message across with better writing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and I'm just picking an episode at random, but one I know you've seen. But you think of, like, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances, mm. where ultimately, I mean, there's uh-huh. a lot of message, but ultimately about her, the, the girl, having to recognize her child. I mean, literally having to say, this is my child. Yes. I mean, that's... you my mummy. Yeah, that, that, and that's a very interesting tale about, I mean, you know, you can go ten ways with that about, you know, a young... Or a teenager having a child, or you know, whatever. yeah, an unwed mother. Yeah, but you know, and and whatever you want to do with that, that's that's a great way to tell that story. But then, like every episode, except for the presumably the last two, were on Earth. Uh-huh. I mean, okay, I mean, that's nothing wrong with that. But I mean, the Doctor does. It, it is also a space machine, um, <laughs> right? You, you can go anywhere, and you're just going to stay Not here. Why? Yeah, because it, this place is a trash planet. Because <laughs> Jessica and I are currently in the third Doctor era, where the third Doctor was stranded on Earth in in, in that era. Ooh. His his TARDIS huh. doesn't actually okay. work. Yeah, and so they they have to all be Earth stories. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like, but the, there's a justification for that because they wanted low. The BBC wanted a lower budget. Well, <laughs> it's on Earth now. We just use what we got. And then um, also, it's also like people will be interested. It's about Earth. Yeah. But I mean, but like, it's also a storyline justification. Yeah. You know, he gets into trouble. He is forced to regenerate. And much like Thor, after he invades a, a, a realm without permission, right. he's sent to Earth without his powers to atone for his sins. Until he recognizes, yes. And that's what the Doctor mm-hmm. has to do as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, we just watched The Three Doctors, with the first multi-Doctor story ever, and it's he okay. he just got rewarded for the Time Lords by getting his TARDIS fix. And this is like the third season of The Third Doctor. Okay, so. yeah. So fourth season, he's off. Yeah. He's off. But anyway, that's all, all, right. that, all that to say... I, I'm curious, the intentional choice, one believes it's intentional, of Chris Chimmel saying, all Earth stories. I don't, I don't know. And it's not a budgetary thing, because <laughs> they're all over the place with expense and... Because, like, even Orphan 55, yeah. that's a choice to make that Earth. It doesn't, like, that story can work without it being Earth, I think. Mm, I, I right? think. I almost prefer if it wouldn't have been. Yeah. yeah. And just be like, oh, these people... Because then it's a cautionary tale, yeah. rather than exactly. Planet of the Apes. Alternate, because I've never, and again, they can do whatever they want. It's sci-fi, but I've never heard of like. So this is our future. It's a 
possible future. I'm like, what? What do you? What do you possible future mean? <laughs> you either is or it isn't. I don't. We don't do alternate timelines. Yeah. Right. Let's just take that out of the equation and make it another planet as a warning of what could happen. Yes. It's. I mean, yeah. why overthink it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why pound it? Again, this lack of subtlety. Uh, we have to right. make it Earth because otherwise people won't understand the metaphor. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no. <laughs> they call it. That That also was a little too preachy. They call yeah. it sci-fi for a reason. Yeah. Okay, so after <laughs> Tesla, we get Fugitive of the Jadoon, which we talked about. Um, yes. Captain Jack, we have not talked yes. about this. <laughs> Gosh. Yes. Well, Holy crap, I was not expecting this. Yes. <laughs> I squeed. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I got... Twitter spoiled just because of the time difference. I got to remember, you know, can't, oh. can't go on Twitter on a Doctor Who day because Britons are all already tweeting. Uh, but I didn't say anything. Mm. But yeah, it took Jessica maybe like one line and she's like, wait a minute. Yeah. I know <laughs> that voice anyway. Oh my God. That was amazing. And the fact that he gives Graham that big old kiss. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I cannot wait until Captain Jack meets the actual Doctor and how that's going to go down. I know. Which I mm. thought was going to happen this season. Right? <laughs> and we don't get that satisfaction? Are you kidding me? I know, I, How dare this, you? To me, this is my absolute favorite episode. But I also Agreed, hate it because they didn't do anything with it. I know. It's such a know, this was down. This was the moment think, that I was like, oh, things are happening. Things are happening and things right? are coming together. And this is really exciting. Just, and I can't wait until about, the next episode. Oh, no. Just think about if this episode was after Spyfall. Mm. Oh, the whole season. We would have thought, oh, my God, this thing is on a new level. <laughs> yes. Because I thought this is where we're going to kick into some high mm-hmm. gear and get into some serious arc story. Yep. Which is why everything that came after it was so disappointing. disappointment. So disappointing. Because yes. then you're just waiting. Are they going to do anything yes. with this or aren't they? You don't you just you don't plant this seed like this. Yeah. The timing is so off. Why do you do that? Yep. You're like, you're like, hey, where's Jack? Hey, where's right? my doctor where's this of other color? Doctor? What the hell What's is she happening? doing? Where, where are the and so every episode you start that way, and every episode you're like, oh, we don't find out this episode. Okay, we don't. Yeah, it's just like help. Yeah, what am I doing here as a viewer? Yeah. And a frustrating thing for me as a Captain Jack fan. I mean, I'm glad to see though. And these things I don't notice. And and sure, I know I don't know how much you pay attention to the Nerd Party uh, Slack, but obviously the one thing about the Nerd Party Network for those who don't listen to our other shows, which you should, we have a lot of experts about the visual quality of movies and TV. Oh, um, serious nerd, right? Uh, and I was on Twitter, and I don't, you know because I do follow a lot of Doctor Who nerds, but they were showing they changed the and I don't even know the right words to use. They changed the visual coloring of of Captain Jack. In this episode. Oh, so did they color correct? It made it so much... Because that thing is so... I don't even know the color. Yellow or... There's this... It is so light glossed when you watch this episode, his appearance. Mm. And it was orange. Because I know this is... Orange is always a deep thing in in the 13 with our TARDIS. But anyway, but like... It made him look so much nicer and popter. I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, John Berman as a person. I'm just talking about the the character, the look, the palette. Um, The coloring is just so weird. And then... Because he did look kind of, because, you know, he is aged. That's fine. And so I, when I was watching the episode, I'm like, are they trying to correct? Because, you know, he's not the same, you know, guy he was 10 years ago. Um, <laughs> They're trying to uh, give him that 
uh, youthful lighting mm. with the vibrant colors. Yeah, and I've seen his hair fully gray, um, and, you know, in, in real life. I don't know if that's a choice or that's what it really is now. Um, so, you know, whatever. So it's ca- Captain Jack colored, and th- that's fine. But it just it looked kind of like they were doing a little bit of work when I was watching this episode. It was slightly distracting. Oh. It's kind of like data for those who were watching Star Trek Picard. Where something, mm. You don't notice it, but you do notice it. Mm. You know. Um, you know what? Yeah. I didn't notice it with Captain uh, Jack. I, I noticed that. Yeah, he's a little older, but yeah. I mean, yo, human beings playing oh, yeah, him, that's yeah, yeah. fine. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, and uh I But didn't, I, didn't I didn't look that hard to be that honest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was too like, busy. It wasn't squealing. as stark of a difference. Oh, I'm I'm always looking hard at Captain Jack, but that's neither here nor there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean yeah. <laughs> and when I say, Who isn't? When I say looking no. Stop um him. but uh yeah. So but also you know, so being a big fan of this appearance and you're like, Oh great, I'm like, wait, what happened? What why <laughs> Why was he in this? Yeah. Okay. No. No. Okay. They're teasing oh, okay, it, that's guys. The other they're thing. teasing it. They're teasing it. He's going to be in the finale, right? and they're going to explain he's gonna come back. how he knows about the lone Cyberman, and he's finally going to meet the right? doc. No. No. Uh. Yeah. I thought. Okay. This is a great cameo. They're planting yet another seed, and he's going to come back, and we get to see him again. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. No. Uh. No. Okay. Nope. 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 Because nope. nope. I, I hate saying this, but my personal opinion is I'd rather he was not there and with no follow you know, rather than be there and no If they weren't going to follow through. Because yeah. it's just, I mean, you don't... Because yeah. if hate that's to say, the but case, yeah. He's too big a character to tease. You yeah. can't have a 30-second Captain Jack, in my opinion. You can, obviously, you're monitoring my very... He's too big of a character to, to be like... It'd be like if, you know, Rose Agreed. just showed up for, like, 10 seconds. You're like, wait, what? You know, yeah. and, you know, you just can't... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, and and my analogy for no, this is going to be we can't have that. the Picard. Uh-huh. You know, Picard goes and visits oh Riker and Riker Troy. and Troy, and then at the end of it, there's Riker with the ship. To oh, save that's right. He comes back. Riker, Captain Riker comes back yeah. in the finale of Captain Picard yeah. season one. For those who don't hashtag watch. spoilers. Yeah, yeah. But, sorry. Yeah. So there's a follow up. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Know, when he drops a little like I'm Captain Unreserved status, and then. At the end of the finale, there's Captain Riker. So this having right. Captain Jack, who's never in reserve status, um, you know, having him just – it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It, it just explain how he knows about the lone Cybermen or yep. you know, something. Yep. Right, right. And yeah, show I feel us like his time if they were going to pull this card out, yeah. they should have just used him judiciously. Yeah. And I don't know if they really did. They just thought, oh, we're going to throw this out here while we're at it. Yeah. yeah. John's available. We're available. Let's do it. It's like, okay. Right. Okay. I mean, and hey – it was great, yeah. but Enjoy. again, the lack of follow through mm-hmm. is killing me this season. Yes, yes. Oh, so, right. so then we get. Yeah, I know. Oh, I need a nap now. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> so after fugitive, we get Praxius. Uh, that's you know lots of plastic. The oh, plastics, right. yes. and this was, and, and this was actually potentially, potentially meaning it went bad, but potentially. There was a lot of guest stars, but I think this was one time where it could have worked because ev- Agreed. every companion was on a separate story. So Ryan was on mission A, uh, Ryan, or excuse me, Yaz and Graham were on mission B, Doctor was on mission C, and so they each had their own adventure with their own guest stars, and that kind of made sense, but, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I feel like if they would have made this an earlier season episode... Um, before Fugitive, it probably would have been, in my mind, higher regarded because it's not like it's a bad story. I do like that, hey, they're splitting up. They're going on different adventures. 
could we maybe learn a little bit more about our characters yes. instead of just plot point to plot That's point to plot point? That'd be great. astronaut husband we... with a former cop with a mysterious past with a need to sacrifice <laughs> and an alien who needs to be cured who dies. I mean, and then a girlfriend and two people in a podcast and one of them dies and the person with the podcast comes back and then Yaz feels bad and has to go get the thing. What, what are you confused about, Char? I think it's all <laughs> self-explanatory in 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, that said. This could have been a great episode, but it came right after Fugitive. And so it was a complete freaking letdown. Yes. Huge letdown. And uh, there's a lot of plastic. Yeah, I was not ready for this. I didn't want this. And we get the very preachy at the end. Yes. Da-da-da-da. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, science, well, because I'm thinking of bad examples. I'm like, and again, not to be Star Trek-centric, but I'm thinking of like the Star Trek War Factor Next Generation episode about climate change. Oh, That's terrible. yeah. Well, it's not terrible. It's just not great. Um, yes, they have the warp speed limit yes. because it's destroying subspace. Yeah. But, I mean, there's obviously great ways to do an environmental message in sci-fi. But, yeah. Oh, totally. These weren't it. These weren't it. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> and it's an important issue. I mean, mm-hmm. we really are killing our planet with a lot of plastics. Mm-hmm. It's a great thing to take on. It's just the writing on some episodes this season is just so weak. I'm wondering, guys, I love your intent here, but are you trying? Where the hell is Marjorie Blackman when we need her? (laughs) I'm just wondering, is this a Chris Chibnall thing? Is this just his style? I don't know enough about him to understand. Like, I I haven't seen any of his previous work or anything like that. You won't see him until... Am I so spoiled by Mm Moffat-era Doctor Who that this is so different that I'm just thinking, oh, this this is weak, And see, guys. I didn't think so. You know, based on his work in Broadchurch, which I think is gorgeous, and beautifully each... And Torchwood, to a certain extent. Yeah, but each season has its own arc, but it's an arc that goes all the way to the end. And this doesn't... Okay. It... So he's capable of doing really good storytelling. Really good. Where is the fallout here? Maybe he, well, I don't, this is going to be an extreme statement. I don't mean this. Maybe he can't do it with Doctor Who. I don't mean he's saying, oh, he sucks. He shouldn't be doing Doctor Who. I don't mean that. But I'm just saying he has done it in Torchwood. He's written Doctor Who episodes. He's done other dramas. But just show running Doctor Who. Because I noticed more so this series than last series, he co-wrote like half of the episodes because it's a lot mm. of returning act writers from the last series, um, but he co-wrote like those have seen, and I I don't know how credit works, and you know who knows who rewrites and writes and rewrite, you know whatever. But his sure. his name is on half the episodes, if not more, of the season, three fourths possibly. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering, are things getting tossed through too many people, and so then everybody's message becomes no message, and it becomes mm. this convoluted mess? I would love to know behind the scenes. Uh, what's going on? Because it just seems to me, as a member of the audience, things aren't as coherent as they could be. Mm-hmm. I need to see. It's their reminding me a board. lot of Star Trek Voyager, <laughs> yeah. honestly, mm-hmm. where they that show went through a lot of showrunners. They all had different visions for what they wanted to, the show to be, and in doing so, they almost go to the point of writing people out of character because you don't know who the character really is. They keep redefining it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're doing that with the storytelling this season of Doctor Who and why it's so imbalanced. Well, next, um, it was an episode I kind of liked, but I don't know. People may disagree. Can you hear me? This was basically everyone's fears. Um, and I like this one. Uh, this, yeah, because this one, we finally got a little bit of companion backstory. 
Yeah, focus. Yes. Because I don't even remember what happened with the doctor, other than, you know, her fighting the fear, you know, which we'll talk about. Um, the bad guys. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. it is mostly companion-centric. I mean, it is sort of funny, like, yes, it's Ryan's best friend, who he's had the whole time. What do you mean you don't ever heard of him? He's been there the whole time. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, but, you know, you get the Graham story, which we know about. And it's not overemphasized, but it's still nice to see um, mm. that follow-up. Yeah, yeah. And we get the Yaz new story, but... As we've been all dying for anything, yeah, as we're all for it. I mean, you're going to get why she became a placement. I mean, because that's, yep. you know, yep. interesting origin story, even though it's still fuzzy. Very uh, fuzzy. And then you kind of get... But at least it's something. Something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, for those of us who are just looking for anything. Right? We're, we're groping here for information. Yep. <laughs> and then you sort of get the eternal villains and... That was weird, the yeah. the eternal villains thing that yeah. didn't, uh, yeah, that that yeah. part wasn't interesting it's in to me. In a planet bubble, the doctor and the doctor, I forget, you know, she fears, I don't even remember how it ended, but anyway. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I like this one just for the character development and the fact that we did get something. Mm. Yes. And uh, I asked you, Philip, on Slack. Yes, right. Who did it better, That's right, uh, Doctor Who or Voyager? Because there's an episode of Star Trek Voyager where Captain Janeway faces the personification of fear itself. Michael McKeon played fear. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I like, and I know not all people like that episode. I do like it. I do like that Voyager episode. I love it. I do too. It, it's kind of like uh, Cirque du Soleil yes. if it did mushrooms. Yes. Yes. Um, Cirque but, du Soleil yeah. does not need to do mushrooms. <laughs> Just for safety reasons. <laughs> no, <laughs> but they did. Right, yes. And that's why people die. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Sure, there's a little bit of a death count. But yeah, no, I, I think it's kind of a little, not, I don't want to say lazy, but kind of a, eh. We put all our effort into writing good characterizations. I don't know. It was blah, blah, sci-fi, Doctor Fixes. What do you want from us? Uh, yeah, but you know what? I kind of like it, though, when the plot will serve character development. I'm okay mm. with that. Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. And to me, there was a lot of, I mean, like, scariness. Actually, this one was because of the detached fingers. That's kind of, a, that was, I mean, scary or gruesome, whatever word you want to use. Um, Which is worse, detached fingers or the teeth face? I don't like teeth face because he, especially when he, like, cracks their neck and then pulls the teeth out. It's kind of gruesome for yeah. me. But. Yeah. So, yeah, you <laughs> got to make a, a choice. Teeth. teeth face or. I mean, especially when you kill grandpa. Anyway. Yeah, um. So after yeah. this, I don't know. I don't know. You tell me, Jessica, what I think or what you think. Maybe I will tell you what you think. The haunting of Villa Diodati. Liked it as an idea. Again, feeds into my literature. Hey, look. And I love the attempt that was made to sort of tie in Frankenstein with the lone Cyberman. Loved it as a concept. Really interesting. Doesn't really work. Doesn't really work. Or they don't. They yeah, don't, I'm with you, Jessica. They don't make the, the tie that bow. They don't. Yeah, yeah. This is the one place I wanted a little bit of na 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 na. Because the argument, presumably, is that Mary Shelley is like, oh, after this adventure, I've got a cracker of an idea for a book. Yeah, you know, and that right. And even that wasn't given to us really. Mm-hmm. No, um, everything we wanted was not given no, to us in this season. No, and poor Byron. None of it. No. Well, Byron seemed pretty good. Percy's the one who got the short end of the stick. So. Yeah, I just, I really wanted that one to be good. Because that's such an interesting story on its own. Three very big characters, or notable characters, you know, mm. of, of real life. And... Right, you know, yeah. being stuck in this 
perpetual winter summer and and having to come up with all of these ideas and then there's the romance between uh Mary Shelley and her husband and and the time of being taken away too soon because of course Shelley's going to die so there's so much interesting historical stuff that they could have actually done with this that they did not and because I think and I don't know sometimes I don't know because again being Americans is there stuff you're supposed to know if as a Briton because obviously they touch on Percy seeing his death though it took me a while to get that because I just thought like oh he's in the water like he was before but that's like oh that's how he dies but that to emphasize the fact that this is going to happen very soon from now. Yeah, this is one where I thought the guest stars really could have and should have shined. Mm-hmm. And so there's that opportunity and it could have been a fun romp. But for whatever reason, it just kind of fell flat for me, I guess, because they had a great idea and it was wasted potential because of the lack of execution. Yes. Now, yes. As, as a writer, I tend to be a fan of uh, ambiguous endings. Because I like to like I don't know, I don't want to tell you everything you figured out yourself it's whatever you want um, yeah. but now we've had Graham seeing visions in the earlier episode of uh, can you hear me because he's the only one who saw mm-hmm. the person in the prison planet bubble thing mm. now he sees the ghost and we're not going to explain those ever and now right. ever. we're not going to talk about this. ever because Graham's done he's not coming back next season <laughs> so this is done really. Yeah, yeah. We, as we said earlier, basically what's in the press is that uh, both Graham and Ryan are going to be leaving. <gasps> yeah. Right? And the rumor is that Yaz will stay for the whole series, but next one. But 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 we're just barely... Uh, no. I know. I know. Oh, for crying out loud. Okay. But as someone pointed out, it, I can't. if Yaz stays, which I hope she will... Um, Maybe she'll finally get some time. But she'll actually be the longest serving companion of New Who. Oh, interesting. Longer hey. than Rose? Well, then maybe we can finally Rose get to know her a two, little bit. Two. Wow. Yeah. So. Good for her. Um, wow. So, okay, I got to know yeah. what, what the gossip is here. Is it I think, dissatisfaction from yeah. the actors? Have they just decided these characters aren't working? What's going I think, on? I mean, I, I think Ryan, I know he has a real name, uh, T- Tosin, got picked up for a lead. Uh, oh, is it American? Okay, well, good for him. It's an American series, oh. but I might be wrong. But it might be a British series. But he got—he's a lead. I mean, not that he's not a lead as a companion, but not necessarily. You know, companions aren't necessarily the lead. Well, lead. Yeah. yeah, but more he's of a, a lead. co-star. He's, he's not first on yeah, the call sheet. See, yeah, no, so, uh, no, I, Jody. Yeah, he yeah, picked was, up. Yeah. And also because of the timey wimey. Like in real life, this has been like three years, four years. Right. Um, right. Yeah. So there's a bit. And of, then Grant. Yeah. Or not Graham. What's his Bradley Walsh. Bradley Walsh. I mean, that that man. He can do whatever he wants with his life. That's yeah. No, <laughs> I mean like yeah, and that I, I guess that's why it's a little bit of a I don't surprise. know what an American equivalent of him because he's in not real life. often. Yeah, I don't know. Because he, he basically he does. He's a talk. He's a he's a uh, he's game done, show host. Ga- he's done game show hosting, and yeah, he he's a yeah. presenter as they say. But he's in done everything. Yeah. yeah, but he can basically go in any show more or less. Yeah. Hey, good for yeah. him. Because he has his, what's it called? The Search? That's not it. But anyway, he has his own game show that he has. So, but anyway, panel shows, but yeah. All right, so he's got things to do. Yeah. He's got, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Okay, well, that so, stinks because I was really yeah. starting to enjoy Yaz and Graham. Mm. And they're interacting. And I kind of get the impression that Graham is trying to play matchmaker for Yaz and Ryan, bringing them together. Yeah, well, and not to skip ahead, but the, 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 as I said that when we talk about the episode, that moment in the last episode where Graham is sitting with Yaz, and it's like, you know, Yaz, I just, 
just want to say, you know, you've really done a good job. You've grown like, oh my god, yes, it's going to die at the end of this episode, guys. Oh my god, why is he doing this? I know what happens when they right, do this. Right, It's always when the character dies is when they have the best episode ever. You know, it's like a, you know, at the beginning. Yes, but I love that moment yeah. where mm. he just pours his yeah. heart out and she says, yeah, I guess you're all right, too. <laughs> oh, those. You know, for an old guy. Those, yeah, those yeah. Northerners. <laughs> it was cute. And just thinking, yeah, he, he would like Ryan to be with a, a woman like Yaz. Yeah. Yes. Now, do I ship them? Not necessarily. No, no. no. it's always the Yaz and the Doctor. We all know that. That's the correct answer. And then we have the... <laughs> You've been reading fanfic, have <laughs> <laughs> And then the two-parter finale, for lack of a better word, Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children. Meh. So, does it bring everything yeah. to a close? It does not. <laughs> not. Not in the least. Um, what happened? I am so confused. I have so many questions. Yeah, and again... We can't answer them. There's nothing that our experience here can give you. Because I do like, and again, it's Star Trek, but you can use whatever your, your pop culture property is, of when you introduce something but don't necessarily explain it, so then fan debates happen, and those are fun to the extent that they can be. Um, so, like, for instance, so with the Ruth Doctor, where is she on the timeline? Now, right? presumably, before the first Doctor that we know of, but uh-huh. she had a TARDIS that looks like, like a, police a police box, and that only happened with the first Doctor, because presumably the chameleon circuit worked before then, that it could change. And even then, at one point, works. Well, the six Doctors, yeah. it works for a second. But yeah, and so... I mean, yeah, okay, I'm not big on the gossip and the fandom yeah. reactions to Doctor Who. I don't really follow any mm-hmm. accounts or anything like that, mm-hmm. just to kind of try and keep... Yeah, yeah. Same. experience as pure as possible for lack of a better way of putting it and what i did get though from what little i did see was like fans were like okay what just happened here does this change everything that we know about the doctor and some people were outraged about it others were just huh and questioning it and not sure like not, not saying neither here nor there mm. that it was good or bad just huh you're changing the formula what does this mean yes i mean i don't have, which is how i feel yeah about yeah because i don't i have i mean problem who cares if i have a problem but i don't have a problem with there being countless doctors before this i mean though you then have to explain do they just get memory wiped every 13 times or well and that's the other thing right is the doctor um, the doctor only regenerates thirteen times, right? So presumably well, this would be her last incarnation. Well, no. So, so, no. but no. Yeah, <laughs> that's no. what I understand. No. Well, oh no, no. Okay, so this is a minor spoiler, but just just so you have the background. So the yeah the twelfth. Excuse me. Sorry. No. The Matt Smith, the eleventh doctor. doctor, without going into reasons why, should have been the last regeneration. And there was an incident during his regeneration where he got an extra cycle. Oh, so he got like a little one-up mushroom. Yes. Yes. However, Hmm. according to this episode, he didn't need it. That's what I was going to say. Because the doctor apparently is the only person who has, has, you know, he did the, uh, or she, did the ABAB left start, left start, uh, and got unlimited lives. Um, (laughs) And because apparently every other Time Lord... Has the thirteen limit, but not this alien who's not even the doctor isn't really a is an adoptive time lord, of course, or as this explains, or patient X and yeah. the time lords, and so yeah. 
Yeah, it's and, whatever. Yeah. And that's but, a thing. Yeah, and no. that's a thing. When when the eleventh Doctor gets those extra, that's a thing. That's supposed to be a meaningful moment. Oh, yeah. this thing happened. <laughs> yeah. But now you're saying, oh, that was a waste because he would have just regenerated because he's the timeless child and timeless. Child. Yeah. So as a first time viewer who doesn't know the whole franchise, I'm just kind of wondering. Uh, okay, why did they do this? And where are they going with it? Yeah. And as people who have watched all of New Who and quite a considerable bit of Classic Who, we're going, why did they do this? Yeah. I mean, what it, does this mean? <laughs> yeah. And I, so it's not just no. me. Yeah, I'm not stodgy. I mean, they could do it. Just, uh, you, there's a reason, right? I mean, there's a play, payoff, I guess. Like, that, that yeah, what better, are you going to yeah. do with this? Yeah. And I'm sorry, but after this season, I have doubts as to whether or not they're really going to pay this off. Yes, I agree. And I really hate to say that because I want to like this series. Jodie Whittaker is my first doctor. She's my girl. Mm -hmm. But they really seem to drop the ball on this season. It's not her fault. It's the writing's fault. Yes, absolutely. The good news is that if Chibnall doesn't pick it up, there's definitely going to be an opportunity for the next showrunner to pick it up. Oh, Sorry. definitely. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's true. They just laid it out there. Yeah, they're leaving all of these big gaps that, you know, I mean, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to gaps. I'm not opposed to five years later having a circuit close. But these are really big gaping holes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to wait five years for that. No. I, I'm sorry. Just, no, just, no that's that sounds painstaking. Much. That's too much. The the circuit really closing is. moments are really nice when you go, oh, that's why that happened five years ago. Sure. Rather than, I've been waiting five years. Somebody tell me why this is a thing. Like as the, you know, Charlotte, right? as the Babylon 5 person, you, you know what a payoff can feel like five years later. Heck yes. Okay. And that brings up another thing about storytelling. It's great if you want to blow things up and raise a lot of questions, but in doing so, you should answer some questions mm-hmm. so your audience isn't completely clueless and left hanging completely on one thread. Yes. So for as many questions as you answer, you can bring up so many more, but give us that much. Yes. Be Babylon 5. Don't be lost. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. This was my big problem with Lost. I loved to hate that show because of the way they would drop storylines. And not to begrudge someone who I like, but Battlestar Galactica too. We're looking at you. <laughs> so, I mean, this is just a big lesson on storytelling, I guess. Yeah. Writing is hard. Yes. <laughs> it, it is. No, 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 no. That's right. Uh, <laughs> there you go. There's my PSA. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you for coming so here to was my what we've TED learned today. <laughs> and I actually have to rem- remember, or I actually forgot about the ending until we were talking. Actually, the reason I, I forget, remembered about the ending is because Jody has now done two videos, quarantine videos, as the doctor. You know, as a PSA, yes. um, which I think is a hilarious that she has the costume at home. Um, but you know, because so that's she's not <laughs> right. a natural blonde, so she's also dyeing her hair just for this. But anyway, um, unless that's a wig. But anyway, that's this, so adorable. Yeah. Um, but someone cr- played with that second video, so where she's talking about like, oh, I've been captured, and then it zooms out and it reveals that she's on the prison ship at the end of the episode. Um, but because uh. I'd forgotten. At the end of the episode, the series, she gets... She's in prison, yeah. The, the Jadoons yes. show up in the TARDIS, which I don't know how they do that, and then just snatch her, and then she's in prison, and the end, mm. theoretically, theoretically, a, a follow-up from Fugitive of the Jadoon, so maybe... I, this isn't going to happen, because disappointing. 
Um, but this would tease a Ruth Doctor appearance because that's the last time we saw the Jadoon out to look for the Doctor, right? Except that yeah. the name of name of the holiday special Revolution of the thank Daleks. You, Revolution of the Daleks. So that's uh, the Daleks. So okay, now we're going to get the Daleks involved in this, and we have the Cybermen going on. I mean, how many freaking people can we fight at one time? How many mindless, not interesting villains. villains can we fight at one time? I feel like they should be just working on one at a time here. <laughs> <laughs> like I love the Daleks, I love the Cybermen, but you're you're trying to throw it all, in, mm. including the kitchen sink. Yeah, why? Is this <sighs> wrong with? I don't know. Big ideas, bad execution. That's yeah. why yes. I have no faith. Good big ideas. Terrible sure. Execution. Yeah, like uh, the kernel of the idea is solid. It's amazing. <laughs> but damn it, you have got to think this through. Because I'm thinking even with the Ninth Doctor era. So you had the Dalek, literally episode Dalek, so it's one Dalek. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't know what mm-hmm. a Dalek is, you get introduced. Because I know, sure, you did it. So you get introduced. But then you get the parting, the two-parter at the end where you get this epic Dalek showdown. And that's building yes. it up. And then, you know, that, everything, how that whole thing goes. But anyway, that's kind of right. making it big. And then... Yeah, that worked. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the attempt with the Lone Cyberman? Yeah, I would have loved to know more about him. He was kind of boring after a while because he was, yeah, in that two-parter, he just never did anything. I kept expecting to find his history. Yeah. Why is he the first or whatever? Why? Because why? he let... Yeah, that's lost, right? Like, yeah. we get a lot of backstory, but, I mean, we spend a lot of time with him, but what for? It's not really moving along his motivation. And, and not to harp on this analogy, he's almost, Charlene, like an ex-Borg. But who huh. longs to be like it's he's basically early seven of nine who wants to go back to the collective. So he's because ba- he's basically yeah. says, "Oh no, I'm not part of the cyber, whatever any war anymore." Uh, but I'm going to go back because I love it. I I love being a cyberman, and it's just like yeah. explore okay, that. What? Yeah, yeah. I didn't fully understand his motivation either, and I wanted to, and I tried, mm. but it felt just really muddied. Yep. And yeah, it was one of the many questions I had about this two-parter. I felt like they aimed high, but they, again, they fell short. Yeah, way short. And I'm just like, oh, damn it, you guys. <laughs> There's so many good ideas here, but you're just not, I don't know. Something about the gears is not quite cranking with me. And I didn't know if it was just me at first. And then I saw a fan reaction and Philip, I talked with you and I realized, no, it was not me. Well, Jessica, final thoughts about series 12? Meh. Though technically, I argue it's not complete until the holiday special. But yeah, anyway. yeah, I, I don't don't get my hopes up because right. they are not going to resolve the things we want them to resolve. Welcome, so welcome to me watching Discovery. This um, is done and yeah. no. <laughs> oh, <burn>. And <laughs> Shara, what are your final thoughts about series twelve? Uh, I'd say overall it landed pretty average. The good stuff was really good. The not so great stuff was really not great not at great. all. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I felt kind of let down by yeah, the I season, did too. and I'm very um, sad because it's not official or anything. But traditionally, next series should be Jody's last, right? Because the Doctor is only around for so long, and so she's only got one season to really shine. I'm feeling ripped off already mm-hmm. because I love Jody. Yep. I really want to see her just. I want to see what she can really do as the Doctor. I don't feel like we've seen it yet. Nope. I agree. 100%. And I don't know. After this season, like, I kind of, I'm lowering my expectations just because I don't know if 
this writing staff or whatever is going on that I don't know about mm-hmm. that's not working can handle it. Yep. I really hate to say it, too, because I like this show. Yeah, I do, too. Yeah, and these characters and everything they've established. But <sighs> I know. I, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Yeah. Well... With that, let's go into the TARDIS library. When you close your eyes... I go to the library. Go to the library now. So for Into the TARDIS Library... Oh, and this is weird. We actually... Charlotte, you still are with us in the TARDIS Library. We don't, I've never actually had someone what? else in the TARDIS Library. <laughs> That's right. Oh. I never left. Yeah. <laughs> don't touch anything. Um, but into the TARDIS <laughs> library. Unless you want to dust, in which case, have at it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is mighty dusty. Yeah. Well, we're Sorry. going to talk about friend of the podcast, Richard, and his uh, recent release from Clever Dick Films on YouTube. And that's his Doctor Who review, part 10, the Christopher Eccleston era. Um, now, yes. I think this is maybe the first one you've watched, Char, and I, I guess w- when is. I sit this to you, because, you know, having watched The Ninth Doctor being a new whore, that I was, I, I was like, oh, you know, you, you'll be good for this. Um, I was like, I, I guess I should have prepped you, because you were like, oh, this will just be, you know, episode reviews or something. Like, oh, no, this is this is deep, deep dive. dive yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, mm-hmm. Philip, no, you, you didn't need to prep right. me. I just wasn't really sure what to expect. I didn't know if he did an episode-by-episode episode recap mm-hmm. and did a review. I had no idea what exactly his reviews were. Mm-hmm. And uh, honestly, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I This is the very first one that I've watched. Mm-hmm. And I got so much information out of this. And it's a great production value. You can tell that he has just encyclopedic mm. knowledge of the series as a whole and puts his heart and soul into making these videos. And it's amazing. I can't wait to watch more. Was yes. there anything yeah. that surprised you about the, I never know the right word to use rebirth of Dr. Who in the or 21st century. I suppose it's not so much the rebirth as it was what came right before it, which was the web series, which I knew nothing ah, yes. about. Yes. And uh, how, in its day, it might have not seemed like much, but really, I mean, they were doing quite a cool thing where they're using Flash to tell a story as a web series because bandwidth isn't quite the same as it is now. But they're trying to be innovative on a really low budget and trying to do something for the 40th anniversary. And by gosh, it might have not been perfect, but darn it if they did not try. And I really appreciated that because I had no idea that even existed. And so that helped give me context for uh, what things were like for the Doctor Who franchise going in prior to 2005. Uh, like where they have the interview where the host uh, is just kind of, you know, playing things down, like, yeah, science fiction, ha, 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 who needs that? Nobody watches <laughs> yeah. that anymore. That's for nerds. And so it gives an idea of the climate and certainly the mindset of the execs who had written doctor who off as a franchise that's in the past we've moved on we what is that for yeah and so the fact that they even gave it another chance and that so much was at stake uh that helped me understand how important and how amazing it really was that they pulled this thing off the way they did yes absolutely so i got a lot out of this did you learn anything new jessica um I'm not sure necessarily that I did. Um, I just always just enjoy the overview. I just find it fascinating. I think one thing I like from Richard, 
because I've had these moments too as a diehard fan of him admitting there were things that he was like, oh, new Doctor Who. All right, show me what you got. He's like, oh, this, uh, that, uh, and then he's like, oh, but no, it's it's good. I I was being stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. I appreciated that as well, coming from a longtime fan mm. who didn't necessarily have the highest of expectations and then eventually conceded. Uh, yeah, this is pretty freaking good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the, I mean, we've talked about it before, but to go over it again, I mean, just the matching of Chris Eccleston and Billy, Billy Piper. Piper. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that a long time ago <clears throat> where Billy Piper was often maligned as, oh, she's just a pop star. She can't act against Chris Eccleston, who was the serious actor. I don't, sure, I don't know if you know, uh, he's working class. Um <laughs> I figured that out. Uh-huh. Right. We got that. And he's, his, cla- his roles have mostly been about working class. Working um, class. Tortured souls. Right, right. We're, the, working this, yes, class. I got working a lot of that. Mostly. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but this role uh-huh. was something Relatable. Di- something different. Which actually, I think, I mean, obviously, you know, worked out. I mean, he definitely showed what he can do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Great. Honestly, I feel like that's a great melding for Chris Eccleston, where he has played these tortured soul characters and his incarnation of the doctor is a little bit of a tortured soul because it's right after the war, but he's also trying his hand at a little bit of comedy and trying to be a little goofy and off the wall and what have you. Absolutely. I would have loved to have been in the room when Christopher Eccleston, the working class slash serious actor was told his co-star was going to be Billy Piper. I would love to know what he thought. <laughs> loved to be in the room for that. Just because, as the review stated, the superficial reaction was, oh, this thing is just going to be awful. Yep. And they were commenting on the wardrobe and just how that wasn't the doctor and how this was just terrible. And then, lo and behold, guess what? They told some really great stories. Yeah, amazing stuff. Yeah, and Billy Paper, you are fantastic. So fantastic. Yeah, Just she showed amazing. everyone, and I love it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. I imagine if I had been completely up to date with things in 2005, my reaction would have been much like my reaction was when Bradley Walsh was announced, which was totally wrong. But I was like, mm, Bradley Walsh, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. And now I'm like, don't go, Bradley. No. <laughs> so you totally underestimated him. It would be totally like if they announced underestimated that. Um, him. I'm trying to think of American examples. Tom Bergeron or, you know, Bob Saget or something was going to be the next Doctor Who companion. <laughs> You're like, oh. uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, then and I like watch Tom them. Bergeron. <laughs> yeah. yep. But I'm not sure as a Doctor's companion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at Saget, he would just swear a lot. Yeah. If I know anything about his comedy. But yeah, I, I just I liked how you know Richard obviously because I I but as his fandom, but also I mean that's you know the BBC you know Michael Graves spitting on Doctor Who and its stupid face, um, and then you know at the end telling a tale, uh, Michael Graves going like, oh no Doctor Who's great now you know and it's like <laughs> yeah okay. and Richard's like <laughs> things change a lot yeah. <laughs> Stupid face, but but I think there's obviously in this video and, and people, you know, there is a difference between classic who and new. I mean, just in a million ways. I mean, the heart is obviously, or the two hearts is obviously still there, 
but you know the the budget the graphics the sto- even the the stories you know they're more domestic stories in some ways with russell that's you know being that's how he tells stories um you know in, in his prior shows you know because you get a lot of rose and her mom and mickey and, uh-huh. and plants that sort of you know as we're doing all this stuff we can still come home and yeah yeah still a little right. bit yeah of kitchen i appreciated how well, and I think Russell T. Davies, he was the right person at the right time. Yes. Mm-hmm. He knew the show well enough to know what worked in the past and then what it needed to be in 2005 so that a modern day audience would connect with it. And it was kind of that perfect reentry point, right? And so they're reflecting on contemporary issues and not doing too many throwbacks right away of classic elements mm-hmm. for the sake of nostalgia, just doing it because you can, mm-hmm. which sometimes I feel like maybe now that is a little bit of what they're doing. Yes. Yeah, because I mean, like, and I forget which number episode, but, you know, the, there's no Dalek until, you know, the, that episode. And it's just one. Um, and then I, and Yeah, then I, it takes its time, I think. I think it was maybe, what, episode five? And then I like how he talks about how the episode goes after everything dogs were made fun of. You know, oh, it's just right. the plunger. Oh, yeah, plunge your face off. Or, oh, <laughs> stairs, take care of that pepper pot. Oh, they fly now. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Things have a purpose, and that changes everything. Yeah, it's it's very uh, intelligently written. Yes. And, and probably in a way that maybe, and I don't know this for certain, but maybe in a way that Doctor Who had not been written before, where people could maybe take it a little more seriously. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, I think, yeah. Adding that very, because it always was a drama, but making it more of a drama um, and grounding it in, into modern television. Because I, I guess, you know, if you're going to see it from the bad villain expert or viewpoint from the BBC, whereas Doctor Who wasn't matching what they were seeing on others, especially American programming, you know, whether it was Star Wars or whatever or Star Trek or whatever. And so I liked how uh, Richard ties it together with Buff. All American examples. I felt bad for 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 UK, but like you know Buffy and <laughs> and Next Gen and everything else, and how that sort of uh-huh. created what. Yeah, I mean, really though, that's a great connection to make because I feel like in the early two thousands there was sci fi out there, but I think a lot of people, aside from hardcore sci fi tv fans were not paying any attention to it mm-hmm. i mean you had things like uh farscape yeah and whatnot Earth and Final stuff like Conflict that. Or all um yeah star trek enterprise yeah. there was stuff out there andromeda mm-hmm. but the the general audience did not care so there was this attitude of oh sci-fi that's when it was still for nerds and then things change in between that time and this time where suddenly things get a little more in vogue and Maybe Buffy was that bridge. Things like, uh, I think, Xena, yep. too. Yeah. Even though that's not sci-fi, it's a little more fantasy, but it's people know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And even that wasn't, I mean, that was like Saturday afternoon stuff. Yeah. I mean, that Xena. Xena hour. Sure. Yeah. That, <laughs> was, that wasn't even sort of primetime television, but that was the, the no. first in to... This is an acceptable. No, no, that's why Buffy's the better example because it was more prime time mm-hmm. TV. But again, I, I don't know if you could have had Buffy had you not had everything your... that came before. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of things paved that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so <laughs> I mean, how'd you like? I mean, I know we told you about this before, but how did you like Richard's thing of like, yes, and as soon as the episode premiere, it's announced Chris Eccleston leaving the show. 
you know, that had to have been such a letdown. Like, what the hell? Mm. Uh, and then, I, I don't know. It, it I kind of wonder if in the time I would have thought, is this just tabloid fodder? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if you caught it, but in the very beginning of the review, there's a news article that says, Eddie Izzard set yes. to play the doctor oh. yes. from really early speculation. I'm like, oh, but I love Eddie Izzard. Mm-hmm. If I would have read that, I would have thought, oh, that's freaking great. I'll tune in. Mm-hmm. And then there's no Eddie Izzard. What are you talking about? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been amazing? He would oh, have been man, I would still very... love to see him play the yeah, doctor. Yeah, he would be a very interesting doctor. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, yes. Oh, love it, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's, there's nothing like speculation when it's time to change doctors, because then there's always the, I mean, of course, now there is, but even in the 70s, is it going to be a woman? Is it going to be a you know, person of color? Is it going to be? Da, da, da. Right, you just don't know. Is it going to be Idris Elba? That's right. Oh, that would be all right. Yeah. Oh. oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> That's an idea. Make him Bond or we'll make him the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, yeah, it was, it was, I, I liked how he wrapped everything up. And then a little David Tennant pops up at the end. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? That made me really excited to get back to watching the David Tennant era. Because it's been probably a good few months at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean... I'd kind of dropped off the radar for a couple of months while things got really busy over the holidays at work. And then we got more of the 13th Doctor. And now here we are. And I've really got to catch up with what he and Martha are doing. Uh, yeah. It's a great, great season, in my opinion. Yeah, Martha. I can't wait. Uh, yep. Vote Saxon. That's all I'll say. <laughs> well, and uh, <laughs> hopefully Richard... I don't know exactly how the British teachers are dealing with... Um, quarantine and and things like that, but uh, maybe mm. he'll have some extra time to <laughs> start putting together the, the tenant era. The tenant era, yeah. Ooh, we shall see. Tell you what, I'm I'm looking forward to it if and when he can get to it. Yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot of work, but we appreciate it. So we'll so obviously much. drop that link in the show notes, and hopefully everyone can watch it and give a shout out to Richard on the great job he's doing. And Amazing. if you're want to go back, Heck yeah. watch it all. Keep it up, sir. Yeah, watch all of his others. Um, I'm. I'm tempted, and you know we're we're still in the middle. But whenever we finish our third Doctor watch, to Go watch back his third and Doctor watch it. again, yeah, no, I think that'd be worthwhile. Yeah, so, now that we'll actually know all the episodes he's talking about. So, <laughs> well, Shar, if people want to chat more Doctor Who with you, where can they reach you online? Well, they can go on the Twitter, and they can find me at Oh the Profanity, and I'm happy to talk Star Trek and Doctor Who and Babylon Five and a lot of timey wimey sci fi stuff. Well, darling, guess what we're talking about next week? What are we talking about next week? Assuming Ooh, the Postal Service cooperates. Yeah. I have a little package from the UK that should be arriving perhaps as early as Saturday. Wink, wink. Is it a puppy? <laughs> it is not a British puppy. <laughs> but it is um, the copy of The Faceless Ones, which is one of the animated... Restoration is not the right word. The Second Doctor has many people. Yeah, the Second Doctor has many lost episodes. And this is one of the ones they have recreated to put together. And it is the Faceless Ones Second Doctor series animated. So we'll be reviewing that. Yeah, fun times. All right. Well, until next week, enjoy the Doctor's many adventures throughout time time and and space. This is BBC Television.